Good morning, everyone. I am Pastor Mark, and this is E3, and we are continuing in our journey of toxin, where we're using toxins as a metaphor for sin, and we're uh, and sin being anything less than God's ideal for His creation. Uh, we've talked about several several things. You can always go back on uh, Vimeo and and watch those talks, or pick them up on a podcast. Um, things like that. I don't know if you know this, but uh, I. I actually have two Facebook pages. I have like the, the Mark page where I post a bunch of pictures, cycling and stuff like that, but also have another page that I like vet ideas on and, and, and things like that. It's my author and pastor kind of page, and some of you uh, interact with me and, and things like that as I kind of throw out some ideas when I'm working on them, and I use that uh, to kind of, again, vet kind of different ideas. So this week is I've been really challenged with today's topic, toxic food, uh, mostly because food is all, has been something that's been really uh, difficult in my life. When I first moved to Tallahassee, a lot of you don't know this, I was 260 pounds. Um, I've, in the course of my life, I've had successes and failures with food. It is something that I battle with daily. Uh, probably, uh, uh, in fact, just about every, every meal is a battle for me. So uh, it is something that's always been an issue that, that this is how big of an issue it's, it's, it's been. It, food has come between me and my family and sometimes my friends. All right. So, Pastor Dan started last week with a confession that that toxic calendar was probably going to be a difficult thing for him to talk about. I'm telling you that this is something that in my life I have had a lot of failure and uh, and a lot of trial and error and, and and things like that. As I was studying this week, uh, uh, one thing that really hit me. And, and I put on, on the Facebook page was, was that the, the first lie that Satan ever told humanity had to do with food. That sneaky little bugger. <laughs> because you have to have food to eat. Eat. Well, that's a true statement. <laughs> you have to have food to live. You can't just say, yeah, I'm a recovering foodaholic and I'm just, I don't go to those food places and I don't hang out with the foodies and all that kind of stuff. You don't have an option. So you're thrown, you're thrown into it. So I was like thinking about that and I was doing some more research and, and, and came across so many just great pieces and some of them actually, I really feel help me and are going to help me gain some additional victory over this battle that, that I have daily, and hopefully, as I share with you, uh, you'll have some victory. Now, one thing that I had no idea, and I actually got it from several different sources, a lot of the diseases that, that we feel are normal in 21st century America were uh, practically unknown or very rare before the Industrial Revolution. 
diseases like diabetes, heart disease, autoimmune, Alzheimer's, uh, osteoporosis, insomnia, obesity. These are all modern diseases. These are all things that, that people really didn't deal with uh, 140 years ago, but we just think are normal. And as I think about this and this whole metaphor of toxin and toxin to the soul and toxin to the body and all that kind of stuff, that perhaps this conversation today on food is the one it's going to strike closest to home. It's funny, I, I wrote at the end of that just kind of piece, and all that was on the Facebook post, uh, uh, I just tagged at the end. I don't remember who said it, but if it didn't have a mother or grow out of the ground, don't eat it, right? So think about that. If it didn't have a mother or if it didn't grow out of the ground, then you shouldn't be eating it. If it's been manufactured somewhere in some factory, you know, it shouldn't be going in your body. Now, the cool thing was that some people, uh, after they totally ignored everything else that I wrote, commented on that on that part, and, and I wanted to share with you, uh, Mary Coffee, except for Reese's, of course, right? Because everybody knows I love Reese's peanut butter cups. And then Jessica, um, yeah, the cocoa plant and the peanut plant, hello, LOL. And then I love Megan's the best. I'm pretty sure Reese's had a mother. If not, I'm totally willing to adopt. <laughs> so... I thought that was, uh, it was a funny little exchange. You know, I hear I'm trying to be thoughtful, and, and they turned it into something that was joyful. So it was very cool. So, so we've been talking about this idea of ideal state. And I'm just going to be out front and tell you that, that part of my theology, part of my understanding of God and how we live in this world is framed by this very simple concept. Genesis 1 and 2 is the ideal state. Genesis 1 and 2, which is before the fall. When you look at that, this is God, when God created the heavens and the earth and humanity and, and nature, that this is God's ideal. And I'm a simple man sometimes, and, and I look at that and I go, well, this is ideal. This is what we should be striving for. So I was thinking about that, and this is what led me to the, the food thing. I'm like, all right, when I'm wondering what God's ideal is, I, I often go back to Genesis 1 and 2, and I read it. And lo and behold, I mean, I knew it was there, but, but, if, uh, but I'm going to share it with you. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 28 and 30, Moses, if he wrote this, uh, writes about God's ideal for food. Then God blesses them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. What animal comes to mind when you hear scurry along the ground? That's what I think of too. I just was wondering if I was weird. or, or Anybody else other than squirrel? Rat. No, it's fine. I was just wondering. I was just like, I think squirrel. So, okay. That has nothing to do with anything. This, AD, this ADD moment has been brought to you by Pastor Mark. Thank you. 
Verse 29, then God said, look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all of the fruit trees for your food. I have given every green plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, and the small animals that scurry, rats and squirrels, that scurry along the ground, everything that has life. So I'm sitting there, letting that all sink in, and I'm like, something is desperately wrong. What's missing? <laughs> no, you got the cocoa plant, so you're good with the chocolate. Meat! No, 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 no. It is not what it says. Bring it back up. Don't get worried. I'm going to redeem this. So... Then God said, look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. Yeah. All right. Don't leave yet because I'm your pastor. I'm going to make it okay. I was sitting there. I was quite distressed about this. So I started reading a bunch of different things and went like, well, what's going on? And, 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 and found out that actually three times that we're, we're told that, that, that humanity, uh, before, and I don't want to give this away so because uh, I'm going to get there, but three times before meat became okay, we are told, eat fruits, vegetables. When, do you know when the first time God said, now you may eat meat. In fact, you should. Noah. Genesis chapter 9. And this is really interesting because God gives covenants with his people. That's what God does. He says, look, this is what I'm going to give you. This is what I want you to do. This is how to be in a right relationship with me and, and others and nature. So he makes that covenant with Adam and Eve and says, look, you can eat whatever plants you want, whatever, you know, it's great except, you know, the one. So Noah, he is giving a new covenant. And check out the language. It's very similar. Genesis chapter 9, verse 1 through 3. Then God blessed Noah and his sons and told them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, all the animals on the earth, all the birds of the sky, all the small animals that scurry along the ground, squirrels, rats, and all the fish in the sea will look on you with fear and terror. Now, thank you for that. <laughs> that uh, the nature between man and beast has drastically changed at this moment. I have placed them in your power. I have given them to you for food, just as I have given you grains and vegetables. And again, three times before the flood that, that God restates this, look, food is, is plants and, and animals, and, or excuse me, plants and grains and all these kinds of things. And then in Genesis, the first time where he says, now, you know, you can eat meat. Now, 
I seriously asked myself the question this week, does that mean, based on how I view the Bible, I should be a vegetarian? And I really thought about that and prayed about that, and this is where I came. No. <laughs> Not just because I, I like uh, the deer meat that my friend Tim, Tim gives me and, and, and things like that, but God makes new covenants with, uh, with us. He made a new covenant with us with Jesus Christ. Does that mean that I don't, because I want to be under the old covenant? No, I don't want. So if God brings me a new covenant and says, now you can have tasty chicken or venison or something like that, who am I to say that, that what God said is good is not good? So does that mean you, can, you, know, you have to eat meat? No. But, uh, but God specifically sa- says here, that now I am making a new relationship between you and animals. They are no longer your buddies. They will fear you, and they are also food. So, and what God makes holy, we cannot make unholy. So, once I got that settled, I'm telling you, this is very personal to me. I wanted to go back and relook at the warning that, that God gave. In Genesis, go to Genesis chapter 2 and verse 15 through 17. Lord, the Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend over and watch it. But the Lord warned him, and then he says the, the four most beautiful words in all of Scripture: "You may freely eat." You may freely eat. No more wonderful words have ever been spoken. Unfortunately, he continues. You may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. This is really amazing to me, and you think about the theology of this, about who God is. You look at who God is in this. God is saying, you know what? Here is the whole earth. Everything in it you can can enjoy and freely eat. Eat of the blueberries, eat of the strawberries, eat of the oranges, eat of the arugula, Whatever you want. But you know what? There's this one thing. This one thing that I'm putting off limits. And, 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 and not because it's inherently bad, but because I want to give you a choice if you want to be in a right relationship with me and creation. It's out of God's love that, that He says, look, you can have anything you want. Eat freely, but just don't eat this. Then, in Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, the enemy comes in and, and deceives Adam and Eve. 
The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? So he's doing a little misdirect here, right? He's, he's saying, look, you know what? You're not, you can't eat of any of this stuff? I mean, and, and she comes back and she nails it. She knows exactly what's going on. Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. And then he goes back, you won't die. The serpent replied to the woman, God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. And I think that this goes right to the heart of this series. That toxins don't usually kill you immediately. It happens over time. That when we, that when we experience something that is less than God's ideal for our lives is as, as Christians, that we are willingly ingesting toxins into our soul. There's a great quote I pulled out of uh, a book called The Perfect Health Diet. And I think that this could be actually a template. This quote could be used for this whole series. It reads, first bite eaten of any toxin has low toxicity. Each additional bite is slightly more toxic than the bite before. At higher doses, the toxicity of each bite continues to increase so that the toxin is increasingly poisonous. Think about it this way. You could eat the perfect diet, right? That, that you, could, you could eat, you know, all the greens and all the fruits, you know, basically everything that grows out of the ground and, and things that it has a mother. And if you, you know, happen to trip and fall and ingest a Reese's peanut butter cup, it happens. You know what? Your body, the way it's designed, is going to be able to flush the, the, the toxins out. But if you repeatedly throw yourself into the Reese's peanut butter cup, you know, and, and ingest it constantly, well, the first bite eaten of the toxin has low toxicity. Each additional bite is slightly more toxic than the bite before. At higher doses, the toxicity of each bite continues to increase so that the toxin is increasingly poisonous. And here you have this idea that if, you know what, in my case, if I just ate Reese's peanut butter cups and I just gave myself over to them, that eventually it would overwhelm my God-given immunity system. It would overwhelm it and I would become sick. I rewrote this in my mind several different ways, and I want to just share it with you. 
instead of food, the first bite eaten, the first alcohol drank, the first cigarette smoked, the first adulterous look, the first bet on a horse has low toxicity. Each additional toke, drink, adulterous look, bet is slightly more toxic than that before. At higher doses, more adulterous looks, more bets, more alcohol, more cigarettes, it continue, the toxicity increases so that the toxin is increasingly poisonous. I wish, I've, I wish I knew this and really made it part of my heart and mind and soul when I was younger. When, when I was growing up, uh, it was uh, in the Reagan years. Nancy Reagan had this uh, say no, nope to dope, or just say no. Just say no. And I remember there was a, a commercial around that, around that same time, and it was a frying pan. You guys remember this? Old crusty people out there. All the kids are like, what? You know, it's a... I'm a crusty guy too, so uh, it was a frying pan, and there was like this guy. I don't even know if you ever saw his face. He says, "This is drugs," and you know, and it's on the fire and everything. And he takes an egg, cracks it. He goes, "This is your brain on drugs," and like puts the egg in the pan. You guys remember that? It was powerful. It's just not true. Now, this is not a pro-drug conversation. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not advocating. But I can tell you this is the way my mind processed that. If I ever took one hit of pot, I would be instantly, you know, transported into a 70s, you know, uh, movie with, you know, crazy music going, you know, and I'd be some, you know, weirdo. But I saw lots of people around me who, you know, smoked a little weed and they didn't die. Their brains were not fried. They were geniuses, but I mean, they weren't <laughs> eggs in a frying pan, but you know. And I think for, for most people, and yeah, people OD and it's tragic and, and tragic things happen, but I think for most of us, for most, for most people, it's not the arrow it kills you, it's the toxin on the tip. It's you think you got away with it, and I know. After I took my first hit of pot, I thought I got away with it, and I continued down that path until it almost ruined my life. And that's what's so sneaky about toxins. That's what's so sneaky about sin is because it usually doesn't kill you. It slowly makes you sick until one day you wake up and you're emotionally bankrupt. Your soul is rotten. Your body 
feels like Somebody help me out here. Crap. I was trying not to say that. <laughs> that was not helpful. Who said that? Now I'm in trouble. All right. Yeah, when I say help me out, doesn't mean say the thing I'm thinking. I'm trying to. All right. It is. You know, these are this, that's the sneaky thing, and that's the same thing with 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 food that 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 we ingest these toxins that we think it's normal. The way the life that we're experiencing, and it's not. It is not the ideal. So, I jumped over to the New Testament just to see. After, after Christ and being covered in grace, what, what does this look like? What, what, where's the top level? What, where's the ideal for a Christian, a follower of Christ? Well, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. This beautiful picture of our bodies, not this building, but our bodies house the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit indwells in us. And here's the truth, and you all know this, but I'm going to say it. You know what we eat. You know what you ingest affects how you feel, your spirit, and all these things, what you eat and what you don't eat, actually. You know that some of the biggest arguments with my wife have been when I'm hangry? <laughs> you know what hangry is? Yeah, I can get very hangry. In fact, you know, and, and seriously, I mean, that's been what, like, if we could, like, you shouldn't eat that. I'm hungry. And then I become, you know, and I want to eat it, and, and it, it is like an addiction. And I've learned if, I, you know, I, if I don't eat a certain way at certain times that I become hangry. And I, and I don't respond people with grace and love. It's true. That's why you don't want to talk to me too much after the service because of this one, or at least Give me some celery or something like that. So, I think it's important. Again, what is a toxin? At the simplest level, a toxin is something that is capable of causing disease or damage when it enters your body or your spirit or your emotions. A lot of times we think it's toxins is, you know, you know, smog or, or industrial waste or things like that. But toxins can find their way into our lives through all different ways. And I think it's important to really realize that man's way, especially when it comes to food, is not better than God's way. And we've become very arrogant and very sinful in the sense that less than ideal as, as a culture and as a church. 
as followers of Christ in this thing. And one thing that kept on being a reoccurrence as I was studying this week to give this talk, that the Industrial Revolution changed everything. That's when people stopped buying fruits and vegetables from farmers down the street and, and all these kind of things. People started moving to the cities and, and, and factories started producing food and, and cheaper food and faster food and, and all of these kinds of things. And four things really came out of the Industrial Revolution that is part of every single one of our diets every single day that is quite honestly, it is toxic to our bodies. And there's some things that I'm going to make changes this week uh, because of this week. And I, I was like, but that's a good thing, right? That we come to church and, and, and we're inspired to make better choices in our life, right? So hopefully this is one of these things. So these four toxic foods are refined cereal grains. I used to have a friend that said, if it says refined on front of it uh, or enriched, don't eat it. Like a lot of foods that we think are healthy foods have these refined um, cereal grains in them, and they're killing us, absolutely killing us. Industrial seed oils, uh, expert after expert, we're saying, you know what? These sunflower seed oils and all these kind of these seed oils, they, they are killing us. They are not fit for human consumption. And they mean that in church. Sugar. There's a couple of documentaries. One just came out, and I, I just show, was shown one during, in between the gatherings, uh, another one coming out. Sugar is killing us. They're putting sugar in everything, and refined sugar is toxic to our bodies. And then this one really surprised me, and I pushed back on it a lot uh, because I was using this or have used this as as a healthy alternative is processed soy. That we're eating way more processed soy. Um, there's a difference between soy, just regular soy and processed soy. And it is overwhelming our God-given bodies to be able to diminish or get rid of those toxins. And it is making us sick. So going forward, here's the, here's the hard thing. And actually, originally, I was going to bring these things, and then I decided I didn't want to bring them because I didn't want to buy them, and then, like, the food would go to waste. No, seriously. I mean, I just, like, you know, a lot of times when I do food items, I've, like, I, I say, hey, if you want some afterwards, and now I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, come eat this sinful food, sinner, <laughs> you know. So I didn't do that. So, But we all know what they look like. Uh, you know, basically... Uh, prepackaged, you know, uh, industrial type bread, you know, Weber's and things like that, anything with enriched uh, 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 pastries. Mmm, pastries. Yeah, they're, I'm not saying they're not, they don't taste good, they're just toxic. Muffins. Let me tell you something about muffins. Muffins are little cakes that you call muffins. 
so you don't feel guilty about eating them for breakfast. That's all a muffin is, all right? It's a little cake. It's the place of truth. Crackers, cookies, soda, fruit juice, you know, 10% juice, 90% sugar, fast food, other convenient food, you know, the, these type of things. And again, one bite's not going to kill you. You know, there, you know we're not going to show you a video of, you know, this is your body. This is your body on sugar. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you could eat a cube of sugar and you could probably lead a very healthy, normal life. But you make sugar and all, you know, these refined things as part of your, your diet, it's going to kill you. And I think coming out of this, there's a couple, a couple of things. Um, number one, I think that, that we need to realize that probably more so than anything else we've talked about, we live in a culture that has got this really wrong. I mean, we are so far from God's ideal on food that we of people of faith need to do a complete reset. That, that you know what? God wants to say, eat freely of what I have provided you. You know, and the cool thing is, I mean, you can mix these things together. Like Jessica said, you can, you can, you know, pick some peanuts and grind them up, and then you can get some cocoa and milk the cocoa plant. <laughs> right? I don't know how you get cocoa into the delicious chocolate, but uh, however that happens, I'm taking it by your laughter. You don't milk a cho cocoa plant. Okay, whatever. And make, and make your own. So, I mean, you can still have wonderful, delicious things. It's just when, when it's, it's been processed and they put all of this other stuff in it, it's just, you know, and you are ingesting something into the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And, and realizing, yeah, God has given us some defense mechanisms, but we are overwhelming it. And this is one of those things that perhaps we just need to repent of and say, you know what? I live in grace, but I also live in knowledge, and I understand that, you know what? I can eat freely of whatever comes out of the ground. If my friend Tim shoots a deer and he gives me some, I can enjoy it. Guilt-free. In fact, that's one of the blessings that God gives His creation. But you know what, the, the, you know, the, the fast food stuff and, 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 and the, the, the little breakfast cakes and, and all that stuff, you know, when you eat it, just know it may not kill you on the spot, but it is, it is killing you. This is a place that we don't just you know, we all feel terrible right now, right? I do. I'm like, I'm a failure and every, everything like that. So don't feel that way. Seriously, don't feel that way. 
we come to church because we want to be exposed to the truth of God, right? That's what we, one of the reasons we come, and to be encouraged by one another to experience God's vision for our life. So, uh, we have a nutritionist who, who attends uh, E3, and she's been uh, gracious enough that she, on uh, Tuesday, March 3rd, it's in your fridge fold, but you can write down on Tuesday, March 3rd, right here at 7 p.m., she's going to be giving a nutrition class that we've started an E3 Fit ministry to help us get moving and to uh, build support groups in this so we can get this right, okay? So this is not, you know, you're all rotten people. This is we're all rotten people, and we're going to bind together as the church and claim victory in Jesus. Boy, this is not one amen on that. <laughs> Talking about victory in Jesus, it was like, yeah, victory in Jesus. <laughs> it's because that muffin in your stomach is making you sick. All right. <laughs> I like muffins too. So... But no, there is no condemnation in Christ. That's what I'm talking about. But we are a people of truth, and we are a place that makes, matures, and mobilizes fully devoted followers of Christ, and your body is a temple. And we should not be putting toxins in our temple, in God's temple. Right, let me pray.